2: This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're on the road again, just like Zippo's Circus. We've decided this time to dip uh, to very close to enemy territory. Just a few weeks before we went to play Fulham, we decided to come across to Hammersmith and head down south, down the Fulham Palace Road to a pub I used to tuck into years ago, The Distillers, which is... Just down from the roundabout, wicked little pub actually. I mean, it used to be all dark and dingy beforehand, but it's been given a right old scrub up by Fullers, and uh, fully recommended. Quite vibey. A lot of I me. Mean,
5: I mean, struggled to get a table in here tonight, didn't we? Been, been given a proper lick of paint tonight. I think. Um, yeah, proper lick. That's, that's right. But yeah. <laughs>
2: but listen, yeah, the distillers, and it's one of those things where you know maybe considering this pub to come back on the old pub crawl that I used to do from Hammersmith all the way down to Fulham, where we used to take it about six or seven pubs all the way down to the Crabtree Arm, all the way from the distillers. But anyway, like I said, this is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And I've got a posse sitting here with me. I'm Billy Grant, and to my left, I have the man, Mr. Dave Lane. How are you doing, Dave?
5: I'm all right, mate. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight. I think um, we've got a few topics tonight, and we've got a a bit of a wag going on. I went to uh, checked out a bit of League One action last night for old time's sake. Went to Gillingham versus Rochdale as you do. Saw um, saw Nelson in goal for uh, for the for the Gills, and it just reminded me how far we've come as a club. Um, I thought the 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 game last night was of low quality, and we would have wiped the floor with either of those two teams. So Brentford have come on leaps and bounds, mate, and uh, last night proved it to me. Indeed, leaps and
2: bounds for, uh, for Laney. He was jumping all over the place in Gillingham. Obviously, he wasn't wearing his Brentford shirt, um, keeping himself completely undercover there. Then opposite me, we have Mr Allard. He's back again. He'd gone missing in action last week, didn't you, the Allard?
0: Yeah, yeah I'm, back. I'm back this week. Um, I'm, cu- I'm currently trying to work out whether I'm ill or not. Uh, so what I thought I should be doing really is, is doing nothing, but what I have been doing is going out and stuff like that, and I'm still not really clear. So I'm going to be croaking probably through this a little bit. But apart from that, yeah, all good. All good. And listen, we said that we're going to get new people involved.
2: Lots of people have emailed us, has tweeted us, and said that they wanted to get involved with the Besotted podcast. And we've got not one, but two newbies here today involved in the Besotted podcast. The first person we got here is Mr Rusty B. You probably hear his voice every now and again after the game moaning about this and moaning about that. Very good points though he has there. Rusty B, good to have you on board.
6: It's an honour, I'm a bit frightened, hopefully i will be alright, and I want to say that I haven't tweeted and I haven't emailed to be part of this at all.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Tell us who you believe here on this one. And also we've got Gemma, the amazing Gem as well is in the house. Gem, how are you doing?
3: Yeah, well I'm not too bad, I've been in Madrid the rest of the week learning how to speak to people, so we'll see how that goes, but-
2: we have to remind you this podcast is in English and not Spanish, okay?
3: Yeah, I'm not sure which I'm better at, to be honest.
2: Cool. So, listen, it's been a, it's been, a, it's been a good weekend. If, if we can cast our minds back, let's just go back to the weekend when we played Nottingham Forest, wasn't it? The two
5: times European champions, Nottingham Forest, well, apparently they. they the
2: they are the famous club, and uh, they did remind us they're a famous club. To be fair, the Forest fans are wicked. They were nice, they were friendly, but they did remind us a lot of times that they were famous. They won the European Championship, and they beaten Derby the week before. Got Brentford uh, played them. Uh, it was a, a bit of a ding-dong game, but we did something that we used to do a lot last season, where we scored a goal in the 90th plus fifth minute, and all the fans went absolutely berserk. But let's forget about us remembering what happened there. Let's cast our minds back and let's listen to the fans in the pub to hear what they said about the game against Forest.
0: Oh, it, was a, it was a fantastic moment. and I, I particularly like the way the Hoffman done a knee slide towards the crowds, claiming the goal as if not every single defender of Nottingham Forest also could have done the same. Because <laughs> they hit elbows, shoulders goalies hands, defenders hands before it hit the back of the net but the important thing is it hit the back of the net and we were very happy about it. The game of two halves could never be described better than this one today. The first half was the worst half I've seen in well actually probably since Blackburn away, which was so long ago <laughs> but the second half was a great half of football, I had everything you wanted from the game drama, um, red cards dodgy ones, goals it was a great half of football, especially if you're a Brentford fan mum I walk away very, very happy, very entertained. To remember that Nottingham Forest have won the European Cup twice. Uh, as they remind us, these two tricky trees. Never mention it, never mention it. I, I actually thought I thought it was two mid-table teams first half matching each other. They looked a bit more confident. We should have been more confident at home. Now, second half, I think we I think the I think two excellent substitutions actually, and the crowd were calling out for it. We looked a lot more di- a lot more direct against a team that was was probably weak to a direct approach. Um, you know, we had Judgey had a rare off day. McCormack was e- he was either sublime or awful. You know, that, that Harley Dean red card. I hope we, get, we can get it, try and get it We've rescinded. It seemed really bizarre. Pa-
7: pantomime
0: season came early at
7: Griffin Park. Yeah, I, I was just saying to our friend Pants here, uh, the the old red cards. Uh, it turned the game. Well. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a nothing game before that point. We'd gone a goal up, and then Forrest were not really doing anything. But the ref could not wait to send Harley off for that. It was almost like the first foul that the ref gave the free kick for. They cu- he couldn't wait. He couldn't. As soon as Harley complained about it, he couldn't wait to send him off. He was a little short man syndrome with the with the red card. He just he couldn't wait to send him off. But yeah, after that, and then we conceded, what, two minutes later? <laughs> it's, 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 it's a league full of <laughs> yeah. mediocre sides. And at the moment, we seem to be beating a lot of the other mediocre sides. And I'm not putting Brentford amongst the elite in this division, because we're not. But at the moment, we seem to be getting the better of teams who are mid-table. So if we can keep on doing that, then who knows where we can go. Uh, our keeper, Devries made two great saves to keep you guys out before you got the winner um, well as disappointed as we are with the winner there was two other chances that May or May obviously didn't go in um, but there was there was, there was, there there were good chances um, we're very disappointed walking away more than anything not to have come that way from there with a point Billy I said to you before the game we'd have been happy with a point we'd have come away after the game happy with a point we're now very disappointed we've come away losing that game. First half was really stale. We all accepted
5: it. It was a cold winter's day in the middle of November, and it was a cold game of football in the first half. Stepped up in the second half. I have to give my applaudits to uh, Sergio Canos. Came on. I, I, I love Sergio Kanos, yeah. I have
2: to say, by Came the
5: way. Came on. I know there's rumours about how Jurgen Klopp would like him to go back to Liverpool be a massive loss for us.
2: Massive loss for Liverpool as well, because he'll sit on the bench or sit in the development team for the
5: next six months. Exactly, and if he stay with us through till May, he'll get a lot more game time as the season goes on and I think as the uh, temperature starts to warm up around March April, I think so will Sergi. He looks quality player for the future.
2: So that was interesting listening to what the fans had to say about the game. Both the Brentford fans and the Forest fans. Forest fans fully resigned to the fact that we took the three points off of them. They're a little bit gutted because they felt that they shouldn't have lost the three points. However, you know, we fought to the end and at the end of the day, when the player went off and when Harley Dean went off, it actually the game probably swung in our favour a little bit. I mean, Dave, I want to know, is there one thing that you might be able to take
5: away from that Forest game? um the one thing i like to comment about that really is i don't really want to moan too much about forest but i think there is a slight Legacy of that the old big clubness about them still that they really need to get over before they can move forward. I think a lot of their players think because they have got that you know, it's a famous badge, it's a beautiful badge. There is two stars on that for winning European trophies, and I'm not going to belittle that because that is a you know, they are great memories for me from the you know, late 70s and early 80s. You know, the Malmo win and Trevor Francis and all that. I think we all remember that as kids or, of a certain age, but. I think they struggle with the fact still that clubs like Brentford can beat them, and players that play for clubs like Brentford are good. And they, you know, diving all over the place and, and feigning injury—it doesn't—it them doesn't no service. You know, if they're going to wear that Forest badge pride, they ought to play football. Um, not dive all over the pitch and ultimately it come back and it bit them properly in the arse because it was their diving and their, their feigning of injury that gave us the time to score the winning goal so you know I, I've got nothing against Forest as, as such but I think some of their players need to grow up I mean Rusty B I mean
2: we, we got a famous victory then and I mean for you just looking at that game it looked like it was slipping out of our hands a little bit you know we could have won then you, we fluffed it a little bit there but did that kind of remind you of
6: Brentford of old? Yeah, it did. And for me, that was by far the most satisfying win of the season. And I I can't... I think because of the injustice of Harley Dean getting sent off, which was right in front of me, and it was an injustice, and the cheating and them getting on top and scoring straight away and then us going on to win like we did. It's so rare in football that you get justice that's due to you and it works out your way it so often goes that the cheating time-wasting team gets a result well the guy got Harley Dean sent off rolled around got six minutes of injury time from which we benefited from and it just felt so just and it was it was brilliant to see there's a couple of points I picked up from the game Lassie Vibe I think struggled on his own up front I like Lassie Vibe he's brilliant he's got so much commitment so much energy but he's not someone you can put up front on his own. I think Hoffman, when he came on, held the ball up well. All right, He struggles a little bit in the air, but he's high. He can win headers. I think while Jurisun's in, I personally would like to see Hoffman get more of a crack at playing. I think he's done really well. He does hold the ball up well. He's not a greedy player, and he lays it off well. And I just think, not knocking vibe, but I just think Hoffman is better for that. Lone bloke up front, role. Especially if he's got people like Vive Judge working off him. The other thing I felt about the game was I thought Yanaris struggled a little bit against the tricky guy down on the left. who was probably their best player, to be fair.
1: Lendez.
6: Yeah, he was a great player, and I think they took him off, which I couldn't believe when they took him off because I thought he was a, he was a game changer for them. But I just think he just showed that he was a little bit easy to beat, which worried me a little bit.
2: The lard. I know you always look at these games tactically. You sort of kind of rip teams apart and you know, even like that. You rip teams apart, the What
0: What is your thoughts on on how we did the the forest thing? Um, I think I think you know what I thought we lacked completely in the um, in the first sixty minutes was pace. Um, Jurison gives us a little bit of pace. Uh, that, I still remember that the, there's talk of that Vibe has got a lot of pace, but I, I don't see it I don't see any burst of pace from him. And I think, I think for me, what, what changed the game was was actually Canos coming on, because when you're, you know, when you've got these players that apart from Judge, I mean Judge, Judge will run with the ball, and I, and I kind of say this every week. I don't think there's anything that defenders are more worried about than having players with pace running at them with the ball, and um, and Canos for Swift, I, I, what I think is quite interesting is how polar opposite those two are as players. You know, Swift is calm, measured, little passes. Etc. We are, we have seen him run past a, few, a couple of times in, in his early performances, but Canos, polar opposite. You know, wears his heart on his sleeve, um, and um, and and really, he changed the game. But he is looking like he's effective coming on with thirty minutes left. Yeah. When he started a game, he hasn't you know grabbed a game like like he has been able to as a substitute. So, um, I think you know that. that you saying Swift, you're saying Swift is a bit of a dull player, a bit of a librarian. Um. He's a very good librarian. He's, he's, his knowledge of, of... He knows his, of, of, he, knows of, his, he, knows his he knows his
5: way around the old bibliotech.
6: I, th- I think he's lacking confidence a little bit as well, Swift, because this game and the last game against Hull, he was giving the ball away a lot, but the game before that he was running at people, taking people on, and he, he's obviously got a lot of ability. I think he's a little bit of a confidence player. People have got to stick with him and get behind him and not knock him when he's giving the ball away because I think that will just make him worse and more nervous.
0: I think, I, I, I like Swift, but you have to have a player, in. of that three, one of them's got to be, like, running at people, um, if if, you, if it starts to all become a bit uniform, Woods doesn't run at players, to be honest, you know, you, you you have to get that sort of balance somewhere, maybe Hotter will give us a bit more balance when he comes back.
6: I think Canos, with half an hour left, is a defender's worst nightmare, yeah. you know, if he's What teams never do is ever take off their centre-backs or their defenders. They always take off midfielders or forwards. So if you're playing centre-back, you're a bit tired and you get someone like Kanos come on, you think, oh no, you know, what's this geezer coming on running all over the place? He's like, yeah, for God's sake. It's like your worst nightmare as a defender having his energy and his commitment. And he, is, he is you know like it's often been said people like little kids playing football he's just so into it he's unbelievable and I
2: mean Gemma I mean again you saw the game I uh, know we spoke over the weekend you were quite enthused about things and you went over to the Spanish over there to tell them how brilliant you know we are especially our Spanish influence as well didn't you
3: I did. I went in um, every time I go to Spain. Obviously, I speak about Brentford. We had a wonderful wedding a few weeks, um, a few months back, with one of my friends' weddings, where all of his family were singing um, "Bees Up Fulham Downs." So that was nice. Um, and just the other night, I was chatting to one of the guys from Spain, and I said, "Oh, he was he was telling someone the alphabet, and he said Hotter, I said, "We have a player called Hotter He said, "Yes, I know Hotter Fedotero. Have you seen his girlfriend?" I'm like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've seen his girlfriend. So Brentford are kind of starting to get quite known in Spain and a lot of the guys from my work come and see them and, and go drinking with some of our players. So. And, any, any,
2: any and any thoughts on the, the match on Saturday that, 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 that wrote home for you?
3: The thing for me we, we, with Saturday, I think it's, it's not to be tedious, but it's the game of two halves. The first half was, was terribly boring and, and not, not a great deal happened. And then... We got the excitement of maybe having Sam Saunders come on and then the Harley-Dean sending off put pay to that and the shirt went back on. We were all very disappointed. Um, and then with the with the goal at the end, I think everyone cheered up and my friend who was with us, who's from rural Derbyshire and has spent two years saying she's not sure if she supports Derby, Forest or Brentford, we finally, I think, got her over to our side. So. Three points and a triumph there as well, I think.
2: Excellent, Jim. Great, great work, Jim, and, and, and I'm sure the club will be paying you off in uh, gift vouchers from the club
5: shop there. The only other thing I thought about um, Saturday was a half time. Those those wonderful kids. There was like those 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 juggling eight or nine year olds. They were they were the future of Brentford. They look they look really classy. They look better than you, Alard. When you so, were that, so,
2: and, and basically you're talking about there were kids on the pitch who are actually sort of juggling and doing absolutely fantastic and um, unbelievable ball skills, and they mustn't be much older than 9, 10 or eleven years old, were they?
5: Yeah, no. It was, uh, whether they were part of the academy or part of the part of the you know the, the youth team coaching, but they they did look exceptional, and um, you could say that one of them might get a start up at Bolton up front. It's all right for you lot
0: on the Ealing Road talking about the half-time entertainment. For us on New Road, the only half-time entertainment is looking at the head of the bloke in front of you in the queue for the toilets. On that note, what we're going to
2: do is we're going to try and move forward and have a little look about what else is happening in and around Griffin Park this last week. No podcast would be the same without us talking about a manager. Every single week we seem to be talking about our manager that we have our manager that we haven't got our manager that we might have another week has gone past and we still haven't appointed a new manager however lee carsley has said my time is up i am gone to pass this new well back to the development squad anyway which makes people think aha a new manager is on the horizon
5: however he hasn't poked his head above the parapet as yet or has he well I don't think he has there's still time until this one goes live it's been a bit of a weird old season on the old managerial front. we've got the manager that wants a job then we shouldn't have got him and then there's the one that we've given it to that doesn't want it and then there's the one that's got it then and just doing a really good job but still doesn't want it um, and then there's the one that we don't know who it is yet so it's a it's a, it's a season of transition let's put it that way but you know Considering it's it's quite chaotic, let's be honest with you. You know there, there is like the, the only management is mismanagement at the moment. It would seem, but we're in a strong position. So, um, thank God for that. You know, I, I said last week or the week before, whenever it was, at least the people that are choosing the next manager are doing so from a position of comfort rather than one of turmoil. Because if we were where Bolton are looking down the barrel of a gun, one win. Out of eleven games, you know, um, you know, it, sorry, eleven points with one win, you know, you, you're kind of like you, you, the season's written off already. We're in a in a good position. Whoever whoever does come in, is gonna get a, a really good squad, and they can hopefully get a bounce. I mean, I mean, the
2: word on the street, and we talked about it last week, that there are two real managers in the frame. One of them is this plep, Pep Clotet, Swansea number two, and the other person is Dean Smith. But, you know, you never know the way the club's playing it, you know, and the way things may have happened because they're keeping it very, very tight, obviously trying to get their man. You never know how things might have changed underneath the horizon. The word that we've heard on the street is that we are very, very close to getting that person, but you just never know. I mean, you know, Swansea, you know, you've got Monk who might be out the window in a minute. You know, you've got Clote, they're saying he's still going to be there. And then we just heard today from within the footballing circles that, Dean Smith apparently says that he, he doesn't want the job. Whether or not that's right or wrong, we don't know. This is a besotted rumour, you know, more than anything else. Neil, Neil Lennon's after a bit of action, is he? A bit of Brentford action? Well, you know, we, we really can't talk about that at the moment, about the lead Lennon. We shall move on anyway. But Rusty, what's your thoughts on the new manager?
6: Well, We were saying earlier that how well Lee Carsley's done, you know, winning manager of the month. He was just saying how, imagine if he wanted the job, how well he'd have done. But he's been brilliant. And whoever gets bought in, I'm sure he'll have a big input in it on a, a weekly basis because obviously the players have respected him, probably respect him for his career he's had and they want to play for him. So, apart from his silly comment at the start saying he didn't want the job, everything apart from that has been really positive. So, I don't know, we don't want to get our pants pulled down like Bolton. Uh, so, I don't know, we'll just see what happens. You know, I... I Whatever happens, it's just been a rollercoaster. coaster. Isn't it? you know what you can think is though that the club can't get any more wrong than they've done so far, really, can they? So we're in a good position. So you know, onwards and upwards, eh? Or upwards like Bolton.
2: And I suppose if you know if anyone's going to get their pants pulled down, it's going to be Bolton, with Neil, and everything like that. We'll but pull them you know. But anyway, we'll move on. But Matt, Matt Allards. I mean, you're a man, an, an analyst. You analyse a lot of things. You've been analysing this situation. Some people are saying, what a risk, what a gamble. We talked about this a little bit last week. A risk and a gamble to get the clotte in. OK? But, you know, if anything, he's the kind of man who suits exactly where we're going there, doesn't he?
0: I think what we've got to remember is that, actually, you know, people, there's a lot of people out there want this experience... Um, name coach that has been there before, done it, seen it. But but to be realistic, at the moment, that that's not going to happen because because none of these guys are going to come and work to Brentford within the you know to come as a head coach, not a manager, and to work within the rules of the of, you know of, of the setup at Brentford. So we are going to be taking a, a manager we don't know, Clotte, If he's a good coach, he could be a good man for the job. Carsley was actually perfect for the job because. Because all he wanted to do was coach the team. Um, the only bit that was it was imperfect about him was that he didn't want to do it. But, but in a lot of respects, I've said this before on the podcast, he was the perfect head coach. Because I don't think he was interested in signing players. He just wanted to make players better and to get players to go out there and play. But the flips. Um, but the flip
2: side argument I'll say to that is that the way that we're saying it is because we're so used to this situation that a manager does everything. It's almost like we're saying that you. There are nobody that just wants to coach. And obviously there are systems and there are people out there who understand what it's about and go, I'll go there and I'll coach. It's great. I've got no responsibility to do anything else. Yeah, I'll I'll put my input in to to pick players and I'll throw my input in there. But, you know, they probably sort of peel off a little bit. And I think with us, maybe we're
5: so used to having a particular system in place, we think that's the only system. I'm just hoping that if it is Clotte that comes, you know, he doesn't get a nickname like Hoffman. He's known as the Hoff. So if Clote comes, he's not known as the clot. Gemma, I mean, can you, can you, can you
2: develop on
3: that? On the clot? I don't think I ought to. Um, for me, I think the more worrying thing... I think whoever we get into manage, I think we're going to be third time lucky. I think we're going to get someone who's right for the club this time. I may be, I'll probably be proved wrong, but that's what I think. I think the more worrying thing at the moment is it's midweek now. Lee Carsey's already said is off or is back to the development squad and okay we're midweek yes the game's on Monday not Saturday but at the end of the day that's not a long time to come in and manage and if things don't go the way that everyone expects with a new manager being named in the next couple of days is is Carsey gonna have to take over from himself as caretaker or will we see caretaker Kev I mean what What's going to happen? I think that could be the interesting story.
2: Well, well, I think caretaker Carsley is an interesting one. And I think probably, if you think about it, behind the scenes, you know, I, I don't think that he's kind of just left the team to train by themselves. I'm sure that he... <laughs> I'm sure he must be still out there, sort of, kind of. Or he's given them some instructions in the dressing room while he goes off with the under twenty one. said, right, this is what you do for the first hour. And, uh, and hopefully they've, they've followed it and they've, they haven't gone off to eat a couple of meat pies or whatever. So, so yeah, I mean... We're playing Bolton on Monday and we've talked about the manager who may be in place or or, or may not be in place because we're not sure if Carlsley is actually going to be on the coach with the team because he's already resigned. But if Clotet or Smith or whoever it may be doesn't go up with the team, we're not going to have a manager. So this is a bit of a predicament. So, of course, Brentford are fantastic at forward planning. And so what do they do? They call the manager agency to say, hold on a second. Hello, this is Brentford Football Club here. Um, we need a manager for an hour and a half uh, next Monday. Can you sort us out, please? Now, boys and girls, can you tell us, who do you think Brentford should get and
5: call up in their manager's agency on Monday? Well, as far as I'm concerned, there's probably only one man for the job. That's big Ron Atkinson. Um, he's, you know, someone who can really buy into this forward-thinking regime that we've got. Someone that's happy. He loves, he loves foreign players, um, I, I think I think he's he's the one, really. You know, he's got experience for an hour and a half, mate. I think he's he's your man, Rusty B. I mean, I know that you've
2: been thinking about this hardcore because you know it could be a big problem, and I know you always want to put your oar in to help our football club. Who do you think that should call up in the manager agency?
6: I'd be going for Glenn Roder, a man who I think was unsuccessful at every club he we ever went to, and I think was just about everything wrong in English football. Brash. Arrogant and a very bad coach. So yeah, he'd be top of the list for me. So
2: we do a good job at Brentford. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, so we've got Glenn Roder and we've got your guy as big, well, Big Ron. Uh, big, big Ron. I mean, Big Ron, suntan Ron. You know, Ron. You know, he's absolutely ridiculous character. I mean, the, the, the Allard I know you've been thinking about this hardcore, and this is a very important because you imagine we cannot go up to Bolton. On Monday, without having a manager in place. So, on the manager agency, Brentford, who would you get in?
0: Well, been, I have thought about this a lot, and I've just come up with a new idea. Is that I, I don't think we should tell anyone. We should keep it quiet, and then Neil Lennon comes out, and he's Ali McCoist, his manager of the Brentford team, um, one of his favourite um, opposite managers. So, you think it might kick off? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that would be a really. And he gets sent off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Have his pants down. Yeah, and have, and be caught with his pants down without a doubt. <laughs> and and. and Jim, I mean...
3: I don't know, I'm torn between two. I think if we've gone from a manager who doesn't want it, then we could go to the temporary manager that wants it more than anyone, which would be Steve Claridge, who spent his whole time on the Football League show bitching at Leroy Rosinha about how he got a chance to be a manager, but he never really did. Failing that, we could take the, uh, the stats-based computerised approach right to the next level and just have the football manager computer game playing. And have that as the manager, although given that that would involve having three subs on 60 minutes every game, we might as well hire back Uwe Rosler, I'm not sure. And,
2: and, and, and if, you, if we use the computer, would the computer actually sit on the bench? Would you have the speakers? Or I mean, how would that work?
3: It would be great, yeah. We'd have the computer on the bench, and then when we got a tedious first half, like we did against Forest, someone could just press the fast-forward button and everyone would start moving a bit quicker, so it would be like taking on Sergio Ramos again
2: and you'd and, and have a power lead and, and all that I mean because what, what, what you know I mean how, have you thought the logistics of this
3: I think it would be perfect I don't, I don't see any downside to it I mean if only we had the Curtotron installed we could do it every day at Griffin Park right. yeah.
2: oh I god. mean I'm talking about hold a second there's an oh my god moment here oh god. apparently somebody's just been sacked I think so we've
5: got, so we've got somebody else it's, it's got to be Andy Scott <laughs> it has to be Andy Scott because he, he's just cutting hair at the moment. Uh, that's it's, true, it's, yeah, it's just like he's just, just shaving himself. <laughs> Andy Scott, if you don't know, has got a hairdresser in Essex,
2: um, which we uh, Relaney was going to go down to. Actually, he, he asked me. Oh, I'm already fully shaved. He, he asked me to book him into. So he's got he's got a hairdressers in Essex, and um, but apparently he, um, he 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 has said that he's available only on a temporary basis. Um, not on a p- permanent basis. <laughs> not, on a, not on a permanent basis, but... <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, we thought that we'd be able to roll him down to, to Bolton, you know, and and, uh, and hopefully the team would get steamed into the other team as well, wouldn't they? That would be the highlight of the afternoon. <laughs> Anyway, I was going to say that I was going to go for Stuart Pearce, but I don't think I can beat Andy Scott after that. But Stuart Pearce, a player who managed and uh, underachieved at Nottingham Forest with loads and loads of money, but he stayed in place because he is who he is, and he is Stuart Pearce, and they all loved him. And I think that if we get him on the bench for 90 minutes, he'll be able to just give us that Stuart Pearce power and vibe, and we'll just get through that game without actually him actually telling the team to do anything but that is listen we, we think we've solved the problem on Monday so Brentford fans out there don't worry about it if, if there's no manager on the coach we'll have something sorted by the time we get there manager agency we'll uh, just check the besotted website for the telephone number um, and if any other teams want, want to do that and call up it's not going to be a problem anyway we've got to talk about a few other things in and around Brentford we have signed a few new players, or a few of our old players. We got James Ferry, Zane Westbrook, Tom Field, who are the Canterbury kids, and they signed new contracts. And I know Matt, you were very excited about this, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I think me and um, and Sav, who was on last week, are the we, we, we're the early members of the Zane Westbrook fan club, having um, seen him. I mean, I don't watch. I've not had much of a chance to. Um, to watch them play, but when I when I have watched them on a couple of occasions, he has he has stood out as a player with a lot of class and a lot of ability who can see a pass. Um, I assume there's a reason he's at Brentford. I think he was at Chelsea first, um, and and maybe I can't see that at the moment. But but I, he he looks he, he's look he looks really good for me, and
5: um and I think I'm hoping he'll be able to get out on loan soon, and then maybe be knocking on the door. I, I, I'm, I am excited by the news um, I, I look at them as like the kids from fame um, the only time I've really seen them I don't, I don't do a lot of youth games you know, I do home and away I don't, I don't get a lot of chance to see like, development squads in youth games but I saw them against Charlton at the end of last season and we, we put up a good shout um, I, I just think the ones that are going to be the most happy out of this are probably Wickham Wanderers. So we'll, we'll sign these guys and they'll be out on loan there and hopefully they can get some good league experience and come back because we do need some return from our youth academy um, and you know, I, I just think hopefully they're the first of the new blood coming through. And it's great that we get the first of the new blood and they you know, are
2: also talking about out there some of the old blood coming through as well. All the media seem to be absolutely potty the fact that we're actually signing back Moses Adamola I mean you know that one just popped out of the blue and we've been discussing Moses Adamola in the podcast here never been mentioned before in the last how many months and all of a sudden ping out of the blue Bromley he scores a few goals from Bromley and he's playing for Brentford I mean Moses Adamola are you going to be delighted to see him back at Brentford Matt Um,
0: to be honest I think I've seen him play I have seen him play since he left Brentford um, and it it, to be fair, it didn't particularly occur to me he would be making a jump into the championship um, you know, in the near future. Um, yeah, that's, so that's what I've seen of him in recent years. OK, well, we'll see. I mean,
2: the, these media stories are out there. Let's just see uh, what happens with Moses Adebola. But don't be surprised if we never mention him again, ever, in any more beside podcast. But listen, talking about...
5: Asian, you're his as agent as well as Will Grigg
2: now. Well, Will Grigg's, Will Griggs done, okay? Will Grigg's fine. I've got my money for that one, you know? I, I need I need some more money to pay for the beers tonight. But listen, lovely pint of pride here, by the way. But listen, I am now sitting around here with Laney because we were walking past another enemy territory. We walked from one enemy territory to the
5: other. We walked from QPR. We were, we were, we were sort of strolling around QPR today, and who did we bump into? Kevin Gallon and I, I have to say actually walking around QPR there was a lot of dog's muck on the pavements around, and I, I, I spotted a big bit of Martin Rowland's and, and, I, and I did have to swerve it I, I, I swerved one bit of Martin Rowland's and I almost put my foot in a bit of Les Ferdinand <laughs> so look so we were just walking past Kev, yeah, I bumped into
2: Kevin and I say hello Kev how are you doing he said hello Bill how are you doing hello Dave and we said the championship what's it all about and he said, tell you what, I'll tell you exactly what it's all about. And so this is what Kevin Gallon had to say about the championship, and not only the championship, about Brentford. So here today, Besotted Podcast, I'm walking past Loftus Road, and I bumped into Mr. Kevin Gallon. How you doing, Kevin? How you doing? <laughs> uh, how's it going? You all right? I'm not too bad, actually. Well, you're just hanging around, TPR. <laughs> 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 Indeed. I know you're, you're a bit upset because, you know, the result a few weeks ago... We had a, the result a few weeks ago didn't quite go according to plan
8: for you, keep boys, did it? No, not really. No, the, we we, uh, we didn't really play well on the, on the night, and I think probably Brentford just just about deserved it. I know that you have been looking at Championship quite a lot. I mean, you know the Championship quite deeply. I mean, how does the
2: Championship compare to the Championship of, of years? Do you think there's some good teams out there at the moment? Well,
8: some big teams, um, really good players. Big clubs with massive fan bases and and a lot of money backing them, and uh, everyone's trying to get into that Premier League. And the, you know, from, I suppose from every chairman's point of view, is you know the big uh, the big windfall of 120 million. The season starts next next year, so um, some really good teams, some really good players, and you know, it's an excellent uh, league to watch. And, I mean, who's impressing you? The teams out there at the moment now? Well, obviously, you know the ones near the top, but Derby of been coming strong in the last couple of months. They've got some really good players. They attack, attack with pace and wide, um, wide players, Tom Ince and Chris Martin, you know, in the last two or three seasons, he's he's going to be, uh, I think he's averaged over 20 goals a season and I'm sure he's going to get to that, si- that that stage again this season. Very good hold-up play, brings the whole team together and they start a lot of their attacks off him. Um, Burnley are strong, come down from the Premiership, just signed on to Greg great signing for them because you know that's another player who will guarantee you probably 20 goals um, Hull again good team solid got good balance good manager so you know, there's just a handful of teams um, Leeds massive club hasn't really got going yet Notting Forest another big club hasn't really got going Reading are spending a lot of money got some good players got some good strikers got a good manager there so you know you know, and the teams that got promoted they find it a little bit hard Milton Keynes Don's play really attractive football finding their way in this league it's not that it's a massive step up from league one
2: and it's interesting you say that because some of the Brentford fans actually think that the league this season actually isn't as strong as it was last season you know you had your Norwiches you had your Bournemouths were playing really good football and they're saying that Hull I mean they're very effective with their 4-4-2 style of football they do what they do and even the Burnleys and stuff like that don't necessarily get to the top and also there's a lot of teams battling for those places in the top of the championship last season and this time there seems to be a a few teams that are doing quite well and then a load of okay teams
8: yeah no I I could I, I could say that's probably true I mean Norwich you know pretty much had a premiership team last season and now they've pretty much got the same team they have they had in the championship so they've got a very settled team with like for the last few seasons Bournemouth were obviously excellent Football team passing and sort of came out of the blue, but really spent a lot of money as well, and 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 got and got the promotion. Watford sneaks, you know, come up on the radar, didn't they? And uh, just out of the blue got promoted. So I understand what um, fans are saying is maybe a tougher, but it's a tough league, whichever year is because of the amount of games, volume of games. Uh, it's usually a Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and then an international break, then back to Saturday, Tuesday. So you've got to be up for the games. Um, Every, every time, you know, you think it's Saturday and then you're preparing on a Sunday for that game on a Tuesday, so it's this very tough league. And you've been doing the Trojan
2: horse, uh, you've been down at
8: Griffin Park, you know, you've got the mask on so no one recognises you, yeah, yeah. But, but
2: you've actually seen Brentford play quite a few times this season, you've probably seen the transition from when they weren't so great
8: to now when they're actually playing better football as well. Well, yeah, they've got a style of football at Brentford and, you know, they've stuck to it now in the last few years, haven't they, and, uh, you know... The keeper, who's um, Button, Button, I used to call him. He was at when I played for Luton. He was at Luton at the time. We used to call him Jensen for obvious reasons. So he, he's a very good goalkeeper, and he rarely kicks the ball out. He always tries to roll it, roll the ball out. And the two centre halves are, you know, pretty decent on the ball. They take, you know, sometimes they maybe take a risk or two that, you know, you'd think, well, if you're a manager, you'd have a heart attack, but. They do well, got some very skillful players. I always like McCormack in midfield. I think his attitude is, is tremendous. Runs about, puts tackles in, got a lot of fight about him. And Alan Judge, I think he's really your best player. He's a great playmaker, good quality on the ball, can score, a goal create. So I think, you know, Brentford this season, if Andre Gray was still there, I think you would be up the table a little bit further because he's, he's a big loss.
2: You'll be coming down here in a few weeks' time because you've got your other hat on as well. You're a big QPR fan. But also you're involved in the mk don setup and you're going to be coming down there to try and nab a few points of us in a few weeks aren't you
8: yeah definitely i mean that's why i've been going to brent for the last few weeks i've seen them quite regularly to you know to write reports on what i I feel their weaknesses and their strengths are and uh, to alert the manager to these um situations yeah i mean that would be a good good game because one thing uh, Brentford and MK Dons do—they they try and play football. So it'll be a sort of a game where who who plays the best football and out footballs each other. There ain't really much you know direct and direct play in both of those teams. So it'll be an interesting game, uh, you know, and it'll be an entertaining game. And like I can see it could be quite open.
2: Okay, and, and, and I'll give you a tip as well for a bit of scouting tip. The player to look out for for next week in the game is Moses Adamola. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, Kevin. Nice cheers, one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers.
1: cheers mate. <laughs>
2: So, game on Monday, not Saturday, just to let you know, folk, because I know some people have uh, even booked trains and hotels up in Manchester for the weekend, but it is not on Saturday. The game has been moved to Monday because of Sky TV. Thanks very much, Sky TV. Um, Clubs have got their money, people haven't got compensated, but we won't go into that, that's another argument. But hey, we're playing Bolton on Monday, big game. We don't really know what's been going on at Bolton very much, do we?
5: Well, we've heard a bit.
2: Well, we've heard a bit, actually, but we can't really talk about that. Um, But other than that, we thought we'd go up to Lancashire to find out exactly what's happening in Bolton. So, Brentford are off to Bolton on Monday evening, thanks to Sky TV. Thanks very much, Sky. And their season up at Bolton hasn't gone quite to plan so far, but they've had a bit of good news in the past 24 hours. But instead of second-guessing what that news is, we thought we'd find out straight from the Horse's Mail. I speak to Dan from Lion of Vienna Suite blog and podcast about what's going down in Bolton at the moment. Dan, how are you doing?
9: Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. How's
2: it going yourself? Oh, I'm not too bad, am not too bad, mate. Looking forward to the game on Monday. So looking forward to travelling up. We decided we couldn't go okay. up there and, and back by coach because we've got three coaches going up for Brentford fans, but we're actually going up by train to get a bit of the activity in Bolton during the day and then we're going to come back on the coach at night so yeah, that's, that's all good you know how about yourself um, yeah, I I
9: believe the ticket prices are quite cheap as well
1: for the like 15
2: quid paddles uh-huh. yeah I, I have to put, I've got, we've got to tip our hat there to Bolton as we say 20 is plenty and they've actually beaten that 20 is plenty gone down to 15 so if any late bees want to go to the game 15 quid to the game zero pounds on the coach it's a pretty cheap day out even if you don't want to watch it on the box but anyway listen you've had some interesting news over the last 24 hours tell us about it
9: well, basically, uh, if anyone, as far as any Bolton fans, not, is even the most a passing of interest at all, you have known that in the past couple of weeks we've, it's been quite a over the international break at least it's been quite a weird one, and we've had rumours, rumours been his all the time, and the, 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 the thing we needed most for a takeover to feasibly happen was to our current owner Eddie Davis to wipe the £185 million pounds of debt that he's owed to him from the club. On
1: Monday
9: night, he confirmed as much that, in, a, in an update to the club, he told all the fans that he he you know, wiped every single penny that was owed to him. So a new owner coming relatively debt-free with only a small loan.
1: So, it's
9: the news that we all need it.
2: I mean, that's, that's quite mad. I mean, it's good news, obviously, for Bolton fans. I mean, what I can't fathom to myself, you know, if you look at it as a business, you know, how, how a business can get themselves into £185 million worth of debt. I mean, that's, that's madness and mismanagement in itself, though, isn't it?
9: It is. And from my limited, very limited understanding of it, what I get is that, um, basically, within. within Loss of a million pound a month. That still is a problem which new owners would have to expect to But basically, year after year, the past god knows how long. Eddie Davis has bankrolled all of our debts onto his company with the ledger. So technically, even though the reports of even though the reports of our debt being astronomical, were on a basic threat. it, we in inverted commas there, a big old to Eddie Davis, our owner, whereas some has been looking like we've been in a bad position, and we have been, like, because of the debt, we've not been able to spend, we've not got any money to spend on players or anything like that. So we've been in quite a perilous position for the past three years. It's, we're not going to die this tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. this, to we've got, we've
7: actually got a future now. All
9: right. Okay. And, and, and talking about the new owners,
2: I hear on the grapevine that you know, the, the new owners possibly could be Avastelios from EasyJet uh, and also Dean Holdsworth, ex-Brentford legend, um, along with M- Amir Khan, the boxer, or the ex-boxer as well. Is that right?
9: Yeah, it's all been quite a for me, but uh, the website you mentioned before, it's one of the broke the news to the world that a uh, takeover was actually happening at this time. And the day after we started out, it was like, uh father captain of Bolton, Dean Holdsworth, who was head of a consortium. I think what it is, is, he's the head, he's like spearhead. headed, he's the figurehead of a, a company called Sports Shield, who are looking to help from the move to the and, and obviously run it from there. And then, the Amir Khan, he's mentioned, he's not looking to buy the club in any stretch, even though that's what's been reported by many a shite newspaper.
1: Mm-hmm.
9: And, but fact, he called with Bid and said that he'll have a fight at the Macro Stadium our whole ground to generate interest to get eyes on both of that sort the whole thing. them <laughs> <laughs> and then whilst all that was happening we were happy up to that last Thursday it inspired that since January our Steli- fellow Greek winger Estelio Sonikoff was after buying the club which saw in his own the from backers in America and North America and Europe <laughs> so we've got well, it's quite weird, because we've spent the past five years wanting is just it over, and then two come over once, and that's
2: also is quite weird. So, talking about the club, though, your ex-captain, um, Kevin Davis, he said recently mm. that he felt that the club had lost its soul since the time he was at the Trotters. He said it's sterile, and the fans don't be part, and the fans don't feel part of the club anymore. Do you think that's true?
9: Yeah, and it's been a problem that's pampered for, for quite a while. And it's weird because once Lenin came in, when Lenin initially came in, and you know, you get your stereotypical bounce effect of a new manager, it looked like he was back on board with all that. Lennon had got galvanised the club by putting the reserve team, and he to see his team together, so that felt good. And then, the genuinely toxic atmosphere that Dougie Friedman created was eradicated, and good, you know. Spot. Good winter wins against Wigan and Blackburn at home. made the club is a good place to be again. But slowly but surely, as we've not been able to spend money, and this season happened, and we've yet again had another fucking disastrous start. You know, we sit on the bottom of the table, it's no accident, we've been absolutely dreadful. We've not won a game in ooh, 76 days now, I believe it is? 76? No. And, no. Yeah. No. No, 75, we've not won a game in that. So it's been quite a depressing place to be at the minute. And, I think the main problem is not no players that fans can relate with. Right? All the last few favourites were sold or left last season, and we're just left with a team of players that no fans can relate to, which is a problem. I know some fans are experiencing right now with your whole situation. Yeah, I
2: mean, I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. I mean, our situation has turned on its head to a certain extent, and we're, we're actually in a positive scenario. I mean, we've, we've made a few mistakes at the beginning of the season when we hired a manager, which you probably shouldn't have. Lovely bloke but we hired him and uh, the training wasn't right, the, everything wasn't right, you know, the players didn't quite know what they were doing, but we managed to turn it around, which is great. And I think Bolton, obviously, with Lennon, things seem to be getting you know, worse and worse you know, over the past few months, and you probably look at the situation as how you're going to stop that. But, I mean, talking about exclusive news, and we've also heard a, a rumour on the great final, so we can't go into it too much, that Leo Lennon isn't 100%... Focused on, on the field stuff at the moment because there's some sort of stuff brewing off the field that has really consumed him. I mean, this can only be into Brentford's hands, can't it?
9: Yeah, it's strange, Ron. It's funny when you mentioned the steady room the far round, it made a lot of other things make a little bit more sense because he hasn't looked at himself in the past. If you look at him in the last game, he gets ready compared to the first game, before the portal manager, he's sent off on the sideline as there's no known to do, he's just not the same manager anymore, he's not jumping up and down, he's not screaming at players as much, he's just sat down, it Looks he like, looks like he's got no fight in him, and he looks like his players haven't got fight, don't want to fight for him anyway, so it, it is a really weird situation, it's a shame, because I do like Lennon, I think under better circumstances, he would have done well with his team, well, we can't help that, we've got no money, we've still our best players, and we're tremendous incident.
1: Thank
2: I remember Lennon's first game, I think last season, was against Brentford He's remarkably well. He came in, 3-0 win. You know, he turned your season around to a certain extent. Also yeah, turned, our, t- turned our season around as well, because after that, we went five games, um, I think five games unbeaten, or I think it might have been five wins in a row. Or, or, or you know, yeah, five, we won the five next five matches, which is great. And uh, you had a so-so season after that. But this season, you've only won, as you said, one game this season, and that's at home to Waltz. You've yep. uh, drawn eight and you've lost eight and you've got the worst record in the whole of the football league. Yep. I mean, you know, you've explained a little bit, but I mean, how could it get so bad? I mean, it's like you're, you're a fairly decent side. You were at the Prem not too long ago. You've got money. You know, how has it got so bad? Well, it's
9: a, it's a really hard one to explain that. And it's something um, something put on the football fans are- love reminding me of the recent months that Boltland has fallen so badly over the past six, seven years or so from the likes of J.J. capture to Shorelin Amiobi. And that's like you know, that's like the crux of the problem so far this season. We can't score goals. You know, we scored about eight I think this season is seventeen games. It's fucking embarrassing to be honest with you our strike for this as I said, Amiobi, Gary Medine, Emil Heskins, it's just there's no goals there even worth going back further down the pitch. Our senior players who we thought had turned a corner are actually good now, the likes of Darren Prattley and Matt Davis are hiding away, they're not performing as to what we thought they would do. And in the defence thought we had the defence sorted this season actually. We signed a good couple of youngsters from the likes of uh, Atalanta and Real Madrid no less in the summer. We looked like we've got a lot of experience but a lot of um, good promising youngsters in as well. But again, after a promising start, that's just taking a dive up a cliff and we look like we'll concede whenever a team forward. And if you look at the goals that were scored against us against Reading, it's just absolutely pitiful Once it's what the first goal is a defensive mistake from. A player who we all know had that mistake in him, but usually pretty solid otherwise, then yeah, the second goal is embarrassing when a uh, supposedly best midfielder gives the ball away in midfield the and then no one's there for 20 yards to throw down a player who's then allowed to shoot at the bottom corner. Just, yeah. We've got so many
1: problems to have this now it now it's to just one of us. Right, okay, I mean,
2: so we're talking about the game on Monday. I mean, Brentford, I've got to say it, they're on a decent run. Doesn't mean that, you know, they're on the best run in the world, but they're on a decent run. They've only lost one game in the last eight matches, and that was against Hull at home. Uh, they've got five wins and two draws. just wondering how do you think Monday's going to pan out
9: see it's hard to describe, It's hard to predict so far because we don't know what will happen between now and Monday if like if a new owner's in, by that it might have, it might just do enough to galvanise the club a bit you know a first home game under the floodlights that type of thing under new owners it might just give that a little bit of positivity off the pitch that'll inspire the players and maybe the manager because he'll have a new boss that you have to impress to actually just perform that a little bit more and get a result but you know, off the field stuff doesn't really affect on the pitch. I really do not think we have the quality to compete with even if you know, even if you're not you've not flown out of the traps as you would have hoped after the last season's You've still got a lot of players who will probably be too much for our team and I imagine you'll get a comfortable victory. Yeah, and the question that the last also before ask is prediction i
2: mean be- Going back to Neil Lennon, do you think he's the right man for Bolton?
9: Anton, I think he deserves more time. I think he deserves time under an uh, owner who will be able to give him money. I think he deserves time to bring in a striker who will actually score goals for him and see then. But at the minute, it looks like the players who should be capable enough for at least the mid-table finish in the championship just aren't playing for him. And if this goes on much longer, we'll need to get rid or we're going to be stranded. And then League One awaits
2: prediction predictions Monday
9: I think you will win two now
2: Dan listen good chat to you mate and it's good to get a little bit of background on what's going on I mean I didn't actually ask you whether or not you think that if Stelios does actually become your owner will you actually change your kit to orange <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not hopefully not <laughs> alright mate listen look, have a good one have a good weekend and on Monday no bets will touch base after the game to see how we think we both fared. yeah no worries thanks a lot mate. ok nice one So that was Dan from Lion of Vienna Suite, the Bolton blog, and also the podcast. Sounded pretty, pretty down in the dumps to be quite honest with you, but very excited the fact that their owner has just written off 185 million pounds for the next person who's going to buy the club. Which I'm still absolutely gobsmacked how any business can just lose 185 million pounds just like that and then they just go, oh, yeah, whatever. Unless you're one of these absolute multinationals, but a football club, I mean, £185 million, that's just, just ridiculous, isn't it, Laney? Wouldn't get out bed for it, to be honest with you, mate. Uh, well, well, that's what I've heard, and, 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 and I mean, that's probably not the phrase that you must use when you're talking about Bolton, but Rusty B, I mean, Bolton are in a predicament, aren't they?
6: Yeah, they are. It's, uh, I don't know, whoever you say them. I think they were one of the clubs, weren't they, that wanted to close off the Premiership when they were doing well, were they? Uh, so, you know, you can't really feel too sorry for them. I always feel sorry for fans, because fans pay their money and they support their club, but when you get all that clubs when they wanted to close that off and now what's happened to them, you almost feel, well, you know, what goes around comes around, but I don't know, It's uh, they're in a mess, aren't they? And like you say, the debts they've incurred are enormous, aren't they? But... Oh, you know, I don't know.
2: And we got, and we got. Listen, we got Dean Holdsworth, who's part of this. Um, this, this, as we talked about earlier, with the Bolton boys, who's, who's looking to buy them. Which is obviously an ex-Brentford legend. Now, I mean, apparently he's an ex-Brentford legend, but he's also an ex-Bolton legend as well. So you know, so w- where does his loyalties lie? I mean, obviously he's putting money into the club, but that's quite interesting because obviously he has 1185 mil wiped off. But still, they're losing a million pounds a week, so he needs to sort that out. Is he and his people? One of them is Amir Khan. Apparently, they've got to have deep pockets, don't they?
0: Yeah, they have. I, I, a little bit of me does wonder if um, if he's doing it so he can make himself manager. Um, he's, he is, you know. He's had a couple of goes at management. I think it was Aldershot and at Newport. I think it was quite successful at Newport. Um, and that was kind of what I was thinking. I haven't read too much about the details. Uh, so but, but Bolton needs something there. you know I can't imagine what it's like being a Bolton supporter at the moment um, it must be um, pretty pretty it must be pretty dire and I'm not sure a consortium involving you know an ex-player is always the top of my list of what I want to you know what I would want to get me out of trouble um, so uh, in a way I you know I, I, I don't as a football supporter, I always kind of think of the fans in these situations and kind of what, what, what they're having to to, to, um, to go for at the moment. The other thing I'm thinking about is Sky. I, I, I'm intrigued. I have, I've yet to see an advert for this game, but I'm, I am looking forward to seeing how Sky are going to sell this crash on Monday evening between Bolton and Brentford. Um, you know, They always like to have a little story, don't they? The, 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 the Dean Holdsworth Derby has just been has just been suggested.
2: Well, well, I mean, the other one is that the other buyer is actually Stelios from EasyJet. So you know, so maybe they've got some sort of kind of you know some sort of airplane advert, or maybe they've got you know, you know, they've got those 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 sitcoms with the you know with the air hostesses and the air hosts and stuff like that. And maybe they might sort of kind of turn it into one of those situations.
0: Yeah, or maybe we'll make them play in orange, which um, that'll be popular as well, won't it? Well, you know, at the end of the day, you
2: know, football, you know, you could do anything in football. So, you know, just change the day, change the time, change the kit,
5: change the name. And we all believe in that, don't we, lads? And that's it will be uh, easy three points is, um, is what we should uh, they should have on their shirts. <laughs> listen, listen, to me. we're not going to count our chickens before their hats. Gemma, we have got
2: the Bolton on Saturday, on Monday. See, I can't even get this out of my head. Your thoughts?
3: Well, it's a horrible day for a football game, I always think. I know we have, a, we have a Premiership game every Monday and I still think it's a horrible day for a football game. Um, I don't know. I think, I think it's disappointing that so many people won't get to the game and so we'll likely miss out on Zorb football, which I know everyone enjoyed when we went before. Um, it's, just, it's just really uninspiring, isn't it? It's uninspiring as a fixture... Well for us never mind for for the neutral who wants to maybe watch it on sky and short of the uh decision between whether someone without an owner and someone without a manager is going to win i'm not sure really what the appeal is
2: the appeal i mean from our point of view i mean obviously we've had harley dean who got sent off unfortunately last game so we're looking for someone to replace him and to maintain a very steady
3: defense and i'm just wondering have you got any ideas well, I presume that's why Moses Adamola was coming, but maybe I got that wrong. Um, well, well,
2: well, well, I mean, I, I don't know about that. Rusty, you,
6: I
3: think Sky are hoping it's going to be a very cold evening
6: and a lot of the pensioners die of the cold while they've got the uh, pre-match game on and they leave it on during the game to boost the viewing figures while the people are dead. That's an
5: interesting theory. I think it's no. what, what you call a conspiracy theory. Yeah. I, I don't think he quite believes that but um, but you uh, didn't realise that Rusty he's on um, his day to day he sells life insurance <laughs> <laughs> that's right he says, if you've got a rusty nail in your foot I will sell you some life insurance just to make
0: sure I think it's, um, it, it's it feels like an eminently winnable game and um, uh, my con- <laughs> and then I have a slight concern it, it won't be um, I to be honest, it's quite a difficult because we don't really know what's going on at the club. We don't, you know, we've we've covered this already, but we don't know who's taking training. Um, well, we don't know what's going on at our club, and maybe yeah, uh, <laughs> we have more of an idea or something of what's going on there. Um, it's a horrible, maybe banana skin game where you just you feel like the three points are guaranteed, um, and maybe they, you know, pull something. I don't know. I, my suspicion is it's going to be a pretty dire game either way.
2: I think so i mean i think the main thing for us is to to ensure that the players are are fit
5: and not tired because they're not shagged i think they'll be fit um i I, I think i'm looking back to my favorite bolton moment i have to say is probably uh in the build-up to going up at peterborough we we played them in, in that in that series of matches and we went up there and we won so, and I remember going there on a Tuesday night and seeing us lose to an own goal. I mean, I, I, I do stand to be corrected, but I think it was either ter- I think it might be in a Terry Evans own goal, and it was a long, long journey back. I'm going up on a Monday night, and I'm expecting to win, and I'm not counting my chickens because anything can happen in this division. But Brentford will win on Monday. And this is a prime uh, point for me to ask you, Mr. Lane, because you've just come off
6: the microphone here for a score prediction.
5: 3-1, Brentford. Rusty
0: B. I think we'll win 2-1. Mr Allard. 0-0, um, uh, uh, sorry. I've just got a feeling it's going to be one of those games. The Amazing Jim,
3: 3-0, <laughs> no danger.
2: And I'm going to go for 2-0, Brentford. It's a fairly clean sweep, except for the Allard, who's obviously still got his lozenges stuck in his throat. But listen, we're going to finish up here... This has been the Pride of West London podcast. We've done it in a different zone. This is the Distillers in Fulham. It's been a lovely, lovely venue here. Check it out if you're ever in in Hammersmith, waking your way down to Fulham. Just pop in here, have a couple of pints. Um, I'm sure they'll welcome you like they have today. Thanks for the hospitality. Um, we're off to Bolton on Monday. We're looking forward to playing Bolton on Monday. Hopefully we will have a manager with us in Bolton on Monday. But if there hasn't, we have already solved the problem about the manager on Monday. See you Monday? The, the manager's coming on Monday, yeah. So we'll have solved the problem of the manager on Monday with our manager agency, so don't you worry at all. You can check us out, besotted.co.uk. Also, besotted Brentford now on YouTube. We've changed it a little. It's actually called besotted Brentford on YouTube, which is great. And also, the pride of West. London. You check our podcast. We are the Brentford and we are the best. We are the Brentford. Forget about the rest. What we'll say to cheer our team
1: is. Sean
2: be?